Welcome to the Empowered Homes podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to grow strong families. I am Maggie Bertram, and today we're going to be talking about how to partner with families and walk with kids who are struggling with learning disabilities, but specifically dyslexia. So I am joined with Alicia Calvis. Um, Alicia, can you introduce yourself, give us um, a little bit of background on your family, and then just sort of give us a background of why you are so passionate about this topic? Sure. Um, I'm Alicia Calvis. I am the mom of three children, uh, two are typical learners, um, and one child who has a learning difference, um, dyslexia, actually she has three learning differences, <laughs> dyslexia, um, dysgraphia, and dyscalculia, um, which basically means um, dyslexia is Latin, and it means um, difficulty with words. Um, so it means that reading is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a phonological awareness disorder. Um, so understanding um, the phonemes and how words are created and made and, and lifting those off the page to actually read them is what causes um, it to be hard to read if you have dyslexia. Um, and then dysgraphia is difficulty with writing. Um, and dyscalculia is a difficulty with um, math. Okay. Um, so we we kind of run the, the gamut of um, learning differences. Um, but yeah. So how did you got how did you become especially passionate about this beyond you know, your daughter having it. Right. So um, after um, my nephew was diagnosed, we started to see a lot of the similar um, kind of um, differences that um, kids with dyslexia can exhibit when they're young um, in our daughter, Grace. Um, And so we decided we needed to look at that a little bit closer. Um, And that really kind of led us down this rabbit hole of um, understanding how um, brains learn to read and um, how we teach kids who have learning differences such as dyslexia how to read. Um, And that also kind of sparked... um, you know, learning a lot more about literacy in this country and how um, there's a large population of people who cannot access um, text because um, literacy is a is an issue for them. So um, through um, our daughter, we have kind of um, become very intimately aware of what it takes to... Um, teach your child to read um so absolutely yeah so you know the purpose of this podcast like I said earlier is to connect church and home which sort of leads us into why talking through learning differences talking through dyslexia is so important um not just for families that are directly affected by it um but you know for everyone because even if your family isn't directly affected by dyslexia you know, it probably affects someone in your life, right? So um, a kid in your Bible study class or in your extended family or coworkers or neighbors or kids' friends, it's it's yeah. pretty common, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's one in five, right? So that's, you know, 20% of the population. Um, and so chances are you know somebody, either somebody in your family who has dyslexia or um, 
somebody for certain um, in your your church Bible study class mm-hmm. um, or in your child's class at school. Absolutely. So yes, it touches a lot of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So before we get too far into the topic, can you give us just some early indicators um, that that parents can look for if they're thinking, you know, I think this might be. Um, something that we're looking at. Yeah. So um, one of the earliest um, kinds of things that you can start to be looking for um, is really looking at family history. Uh, Do you have a family history? What we know about learning differences is that they run in families. And so do you have um, anyone in your family who struggled in school and really um, maybe they didn't graduate? Um, Maybe school was just really, really hard for them. Um, And so kind of digging back and looking at your family history mm-hmm. learning-wise. Um, I know we do that for our health, but um, we can also do that for, for learning. And um, that can be one way that you kind of start to notice um, what might be difficult for your kids. Um, and then the other, some other early signs are difficulty with rhyming. Um, oftentimes kids who have dyslexia have trouble rhyming in the early years or preschool years. Um, and then um, you might also notice that your child um, says, I love them. They're called toddlerisms in our house, um, where they say words that can sound very, very sweet and funny, um, but they do that for kind of a long time. Like one of um, our daughter's favorite was Watergate instead of Gatorade. (laughs) And so there's a lot of um, ways that um, she would kind of mix up the sounds of words. um, And they sound super sweet and they're very fun. And if it's your third (laughs) child, you don't ever want it to end. Um, Uh But it can also be an early warning sign of dyslexia. Okay. Now, you mentioned, um, you know, some, some things that are especially difficult um, for, for kids who have dyslexia. What are, where are some places that are difficult for kids with dyslexia? Well, um, school. School can be really hard for kids with dyslexia. If we think about how often our children are placed in situations where literacy is incredibly important, um, school is probably the number one area that our kids are going to are going to struggle. Um, and it can be really difficult um, for kids. Some of them um, can develop a lot of anxiety around school and um, the expectations that are placed on them during school. Um, and so that would probably be the number one one um, area that would be difficult. But there's also other you know, places that can be difficult. Um, I, you know, it comes to mind if we're connecting church and home um, is Sunday school. Uh, we call it Sunday mm-hmm. school. Um, and so that, um, if your child is struggling in school and it's hard for them, um, coming to Sunday school might be also hard for them. Um, so um, there's definitely some you know, ways that we can look at how to make that easier for our kids who have learning differences uh, like dyslexia. Um, One of the things that kind of uh, comes to mind is that um, parents can be a really good advocate for their kids um, 
in Sunday school, in their Sunday school class, um, simply by talking to their Sunday school teacher um, or creating like a learning snapshot for your child. Um, just letting your teacher, your child's teacher know, um, hey, maybe asking them to read out loud isn't going to be something that's a good option for them. Or even saying, please don't ask my child to read out loud. Um, that's actually what I, I've, uh-huh. I've done. Um, because it puts them in a really uncomfortable situation. Um, and we, we want them to love coming to church. And we want them to be excited about knowing God's word. Um, and, and so really making it accessible to them can be really helpful, not putting them mm-hmm. on the spot. Um, and so if we look at um, kind of advocating for them not to have to read out loud, um, you know, another good um, way to advocate for them is to, or to make reading the Bible accessible, would be um, to allow them to access the text via, I mean, we're really blessed that we live during the time that we live, and we can listen on Audible, mm-hmm. and we can listen um, on version. And so um, allowing your child to access his word that way mm-hmm. is a really great way to um, take the pressure off of them having to read um, because that can be really anxiety-provoking. And we don't really um, – we want kids to love God's word. Um, and if, if words are hard for you, um, we want to take that away, make it easier for you to access his word. Yeah. Well, and we call it – God's word, which right. I could imagine would be intimidating, exactly. um, but we forget that a lot of the parts of the Bible were meant to be read aloud yeah. and listened to mm-hmm. um, by people rather than read, because a lot of them weren't able to read. Right. And and actually having it written mm-hmm. is a fairly relatively yeah. new phenomenon where we can um, access that. Um, so... Yeah, allowing your child to have it in an mm-hmm. auditory way is, we call it ear reading. Yeah. Um, I love that term. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to mm-hmm. have your child be able to hear his word. So on the flip side of that, so we've talked about what parents can do. What are some things that like Sunday school teachers or small group leaders could do um, to, to specifically make church a welcoming place yeah. for kids struggling with dyslexia? I think those are really, really good questions. Um, because we, as Sunday school teachers, want more than anything to have our kids love coming to Sunday school and love learning about the Lord. And um, so making it a place that kids who have learning differences want to be um, and feel welcomed and that they can experience His love, even though things can be harder for them, um, is, is really the goal of Sunday school, right? So that they know him and can grow, grow closer in their walk with him. Um, and so taking away some of the um, expectations um, and keeping the focus on the end goal of helping kids know him more, helping them um, understand his mm-hmm. word and know who he is, um, is the end goal. And so for lots of kids, that means um, maybe they don't ever have to read Mm -hmm. in a Sunday school class or um, even in a life group or um, in a Bible study. Um, 
it's perfectly okay if you're a Sunday school teacher to read all of the text mm-hmm. out loud for your students so they don't have anxiety around mm-hmm. those words. Um, they're, they're, they're hard. Um, they're full of <laughs> names of places that are, can be very, very hard to uh-huh. read, um, or, and especially because they might not have heard of them before, mm-hmm. um, which makes it even more difficult to read. So um, by having that read to everybody is a really great way to take away some of the pressure of having to actually read the text so that kids can actually gain more understanding. That's good. Um, And so I think about um, a very close friend of mine who um, has really kind of taken that to heart for her um, child who is an older child mm-hmm. in high school, um, also struggling with dyslexia and dysgraphia. And in order for her to um, participate in life groups, she has to read the text to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a perfectly acceptable way. Mm-hmm. Um, the end goal is for her to grow in her relationship with Jesus. So um, taking away some yeah. of those barriers, whatever it may be, um, is certainly helpful for our kids, and that's really what we want to keep our, our focus on. Yeah. So um, it's like taking away, I mean, those things that we get hung up on of this is the way we've always done it, and so this is the way it needs to be done. Yeah. But really that's not the only way to the end goal is what I'm hearing you say. No, and um, certainly things like round-robin reading are very, very popular um, where you have each child in the class like go around the class and, and each read a passage. Um, It's a very popular technique, but it actually creates a lot of anxiety, not just for kids who have dyslexia, but um, for kids who are more focused on when am I going to read rather than what does God have to say to me? What what does he have to to teach me? What do I have to learn from this? So what are some, you've talked about a, a couple of them, but what are some other strategies that families can implement at home um, to encourage their kids, whether they're younger or older, to to stay in the Bible. I won't say read, but but to stay connected like to the Bible. Yeah. Um, so another great way um, is listening to um, scripture via music, set to music. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, and so that's a really great way um, to get text. I know we used to um, play um, scripture set to music for our um, kids when they were infants, just so that they were hearing that kind of spoken over them. Um, But that's another really good way to have that in your home so that you're getting his word, but you're not actually having to Mm -hmm. read his word. Um, And then also, like we kind of had touched upon it before, but ear reading and, mm-hmm. and listening to um, the text that way is probably um, my two favorite ones, I would say, especially for people with learning differences. Yeah. Music is really helpful to hear it sung. That's such a good reminder. It helps get it to your mm-hmm. memory. Mm-hmm. And I know um, before we were recording, you were talking about a chart. This sort of helps with Bible versions. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so um, the NIRV is a third grade reading level text. So that would be the easiest text for 
anybody, mm-hmm. um, not just a child who has a learning difference, but for for all of us, if we're looking at the easiest text to access, that would be probably the easiest for us to be able to read. And beforehand, we were looking online, and Alicia showed me that you can pull up these charts um, just online of you know versions that sort of and what reading level they are, I guess, is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thank God for Google because <laughs> I, I, I mean, say that really, so many times I a mean, day. <laughs> what would we do? Yeah, so quick little Google search gives you um, the reading levels mm-hmm. of all of the different versions of the Bible. And so you can kind of look and see what would be a good one for your yeah. for your child. Um, but I would suggest looking at um, reading levels that are a couple years below mm-hmm. um, just so that they can really gain more understanding and and really get what God's trying to have have for them. Yeah. So we've talked, I feel like we've sort of talked about the, you know, earlier years of like elementary, a little bit of junior high. What is dyslexia just like in a snapshot? What does it look like, you know, through high school, through adult like college, adulthood? Yeah. Um well Dyslexia doesn't ever go away, right? It's a neurological difference. Um, so you're not going to grow out of it. Um, you can certainly, um, you know, people who have dyslexia can become fantastic readers. It doesn't um, limit you in how well you read it limits how difficult it is to become a good reader. Um, and so I think that um, that sort of follows you um, into adulthood. And so even as an adult, I find the best best way to access text is by listening to it. That's I, I choose Audible um, to listen to almost all of my books and Bible studies. Um, so... That's a great tool that we have as um, dyslexic adults. Um, but it can be the sort of thing that doesn't doesn't leave you. Um, I know adults who have dyslexia who struggle in the Bible study setting because they don't want to get called on to read. Mm. Um, and so it, it definitely... Um, it impacts us all differently, and um, the challenges that we've had kind of can follow us through to adulthood and mm-hmm. impact us all differently. Um, so it definitely has a lot of ways that it creates limits and barriers for people, but it also has a lot of um, blessings, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of gifts that... Um, people with dyslexia or children with dyslexia um, have. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as we start to wrap up, um, so we just talked about the adulthood aspect. We're going to go back all the way back to childhood. Um, And if a family is, you know, just at the very start of this journey, or maybe they're not even sure um, if their child has dyslexia or not, but they're seeing some of those early indicators that you mentioned before, what um what's a first step that they could take? Um, well, I would say pray. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be the first step for anything. Um, <laughs> it's a good reminder. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
certainly, um, you know, to, to pray about it, but to also know that your child's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a lot of weightiness in the unknown um, and a lot of um, just anxiety that can happen around not knowing how to navigate this new, you know, normal. Um, but there's so many gifts and, and blessings along the way that um, your child with a learning difference has um, that, yes, there are some scary things and there's going to be a lot to learn. There's going to be a lot of um, navigating advocacy for your child in school, and that certainly um, can be difficult. Um, but in the in the end, your child's going to be okay, and um, there's a lot of resources out there for parents, for families, and for children. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Well, thank you for that encouraging note that we get to end on. Um, but thank you for sitting down and talking with me. This has been such a good conversation and just really grateful for the passion that you have um, for kids and for families who are who are working through dyslexia and, and grateful for the wisdom and knowledge that God has given you on it. So thank you, Alicia. Oh, thank you. Loved being here. 